This episode of the Travel Freedom Podcast is sponsored by World Nomads Travel Insurance. This is the insurer we use personally, and we recommend it for all digital nomads, long-term travelers, and backpackers. Yay! Yeah! That's right. (laughs) If you're based in any country other than the United States, you can get a 5% discount from your next policy using our code WN5DP. If you are based in the United States, federal law actually prohibits the use of discount codes on travel insurance products. Boo! You can still support the Travel Freedom Podcast by using our link, pretty please. Travelfreedompodcast.com slash worldnomads. This is the Travel Freedom Podcast. I'm Tomo. And I'm Maxie. And it's time to collect your ticket to world travel and a location-independent lifestyle. Every Monday, we talk travel and money. Ultimate travel hacking tips and destination advice recorded on location. We also interview digital entrepreneurs who reveal the methods to creating a location-independent online income. So subscribe on iTunes now and discover travel freedom for yourself with the Travel Freedom Podcast. This is Travel Mondays, episode 049. In this episode, we talk fitness on the road and we visit Seville in Spain. We learn the secret histories of flamenco. So there was the mix of the traditional music of uh, Spain mixed to the South America, of the GC people come to India, crossing Africa, and that's the and the, the mix of everything is the flamenco. Yeah, and they put fire and they're all the night singing and playing the guitar. And that's the real flamenco. And we eat some of the best tapas and octopus ever. There's this restaurant uh, called Loli, which is like unit number 24 and 25 if you want to come to Seville and find it for yourself. And the place is just packed with locals. Okay, it's the start of the show. Hello, and welcome again to another Travel Freedom Podcast. It's time for the news. News. Don't know what that one was. I'm glad you remembered this time, though. We forgot last time. Yeah. I don't want to forget to do jingles. No, because... Was it last time, or was it like three episodes ago? It's, it's all disappearing into I my brain. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I do like the jingles. But we've had some pretty big news this for is this huge, episode. really. Yes. We have booked our flights back to Thailand. Ah! Yeah. Yay! It's been like 16 months that we've been here in Europe, and we're flying back to Asia, flying with Aeroflot through Moscow. Yeah, Moscow. We call it Moscow, not Moscow. I don't know why people call it Moscow. I'm pretty sure it's Moscow. Well, it's Maybe Mos- I'm wrong. Cow. Yeah. I can see why, but we're going to stick with Moscow. I'm pretty sure it's Moscow, but we'll see. Yeah. But anyway, we've, uh, we've been chatting to them on email and... Hopefully we can help them out with some of their promotions and hopefully they can help us out with an upgrade. That would be nice. I wouldn't mind an upgrade to business class. I wouldn't say no. You know, there's still time. Aeroflot, if you're listening. Hint, hint, guys. We love you forever. Still, we got our economy seat from Bucharest to Bangkok for $468. That's an amazing price. That's really pretty good. They actually have a promotion at the moment that's on, which is like this Europe to Asia thing. So I think that's why we got it for so cheap. Yeah, it was pretty much the best price. There was one other with Tamron that was cheaper, but it meant going backwards and then forwards. Who are they? I don't know. They they go through like KLM or something. So they're like Amsterdam. Oh, all maybe. right. I don't know. It was like $30 cheaper, but we'd have had to go and like stay in the airport for 10 hours in Amsterdam. No, this one's much better. We only stay in Moscow for a couple of hours and then we head straight to Bangkok, which yep. would be very cool. Yep. And then when we're in Bangkok, we're actually teaming up with this 
fantastic design hostel. I'm so excited to be staying with these it's guys. It's abstract and crazy. The photos look amazing. It really is. So we're going to be staying at Yim Kwai Kwang. So it's just really abstract hostel, lots of design, lots of funky features to it. Can't wait to go nuts taking photos. Oh, I just spilled beer on me. Well, that's what happens when you record a podcast. I got, I got too excited about staying at the hostel and I just spilled my beer. Podcasting is dangerous. Guys, like if you're it's out wet. there and you want to do podcasting, just remember you might spill your beer. It's wet and eventually sticky, I'm oh, sure. This is a disaster. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, so this hostel is near Chattanooga Market, which are the really big famous markets. If you haven't been to Bangkok, it's awesome. So yes. we're going to pop in there. We're there for a few days before we fly to Chiang Mai. Woohoo! Yes, we are actually going to finally be heading to the digital nomad capital of the world. Whoa. Yes, we haven't been there since 2011, and back then... We you, were not digital nomads. No, we weren't, and I don't think it was really that big and famous for being a digital nomad place in 2011. No, there was a couple of musicians getting yeah. around, well, and teachers and whatnot. Was it? Was digital nomadism really even big enough to be a movement? I know people were doing it, but it wasn't sort of the big, people crazy thing it is now. People weren't anywhere. I don't know. Maybe. If anyone don't knows, know. let us know. Tweet yeah, what us at was the 2011 Twitter. Chiang Mai scene? Yeah, but we're hoping to make some really great contacts, make some new friends, and just generally have fun and grow our business through, you know, talking to people who understand the same life that we lead. Yeah, exactly. It's a bit weird when you live in places and every single person you meet has a regular job and you spend all night having them just ask you the same questions about why you don't have a regular job. I'm sure a lot of guys listen to this who've done any digital nomad work will understand exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. But anyway, if anyone is around in Chiang Mai in September and October, we're catching the tail end of the rainy season, boo. Just bad timing, but we will be there. Contact us on Twitter at My Travel Freedom or email us info at travelfreedompodcast.com and we're always happy to meet up for a beer. Always. Or a business chat, whatever or you like. Or a beer tower. Beer tower, yeah, that might happen. Or a cow soy. Oh my God, I'm going to have cow soy again. Cow soy is very tasty. So excited. But anyway, let's move on to other news. We forgot to mention this, but we got featured as... National Geographic Traveller Online Magazine as a Blogger of the Month. Yep, in June. In June? All the way back in June. We completely forgot to mention that. That was actually really cool. Yeah, we were really excited by it and we forgot to tell you, so sorry about that. But yeah, uh, yeah they only choose like three a month, so that was, you know, that we were really happy with that. It was our Philippines article, wasn't it? No. No, it's the wrong no, one. No, it was my Hiking Socks article. Oh, it was too. Eight reasons hiking sucks. Hiking does suck. It does suck. I'm not talking about like, you know, your average going for a walk for a few hours around some trees. No, we're talking about like going lost in the wilderness. For 10 days. But yeah, we just don't do that. We don't dig that. If I, that's your thing, then that's yeah, fine. But that you. is not, I not, just, not our thing. After two days without a pub, I'm like, this is really boring now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like seriously, if I can't drive to somewhere to see something awesome. I don't like nature that much. No. And uh, speaking of which, actually, that's one of the topics in this episode. So today we are talking about kick-ass stuff in Seville, flamenco, tapas, sangria, etc. But we are like. also talking about fitness. So people may be saying, well, you don't do any hiking and you eat and drink a lot. So you <laughs> must you be talk pretty... about is alcohol and food, you big fatty, fatty, Yeah, fat you must be getting a bit overweight by now. Well... In actual fact, we're losing a lot of weight right now. So that's what we wanted to talk about today. Exactly. Uh, in fact, people with us with shitty metabolisms in our sort of 30s, we yeah, do have some issues. Pushing 30s yeah. Don't, let's not say that. <laughs> let's not say that word. Well, some are. Some, let's say 50% of us are and 50% of us are not. 
pushing That's, so hard towards the mid 30s. I'm pushing backwards. <laughs> I'm pushing backwards towards my 20s. When will I have that again? Uh, that metabolism where you can eat like how many pizzas did you eat at Pizza Hut? Uh, I had 20 slices of pizza at Pizza Hut <laughs> when I was 19 or 20 years old. And that was quite an achievement. Uh, indeed. I, I did win the pizza eating competition that day. I know some people can eat more than that, but actually I'm a relatively small fella, really. I'm not some seven foot giant. No. Average but, build. Yeah, these days our metabolism is not as good as it used to be. So a lot of people do tend to ask us about how we stay fit on the road, seeming we are big foodies and big booze hounds. So half the time, to be honest, we don't. That's a real fuck up, isn't it? We, yeah, we go through these phases of just getting like fat and then we lose it. We get fat and we lose it, which is not a really healthy way to be. We are actually knuckling down now and we're going to try and continue to have a very healthy workout regime. And we do this uh, on the road. We make it a little easier for ourselves by doing the workouts by Beachbody. Now, I don't know if you guys have heard of these. You probably have heard of stuff like P90X and Insanity. And yes. actually the company that own all of these things are Beachbody. And so they do DVDs. They're actually about to start their on-demand service, which isn't out yet, but we'll give you a bit of an announcement when that comes out because we're quite looking forward to That's that. That's amazing. Yeah, because previously we were having to get the DVDs and then rip them onto our computer or like onto our hard drive so we can travel with them. Now with this on-demand system, like that's going to be amazing for travelers because you're not going to have to carry around, you know, it's not going to take up disk space. It's not going to take up, uh, you know, if you're having, if you're traveling with the DVDs, it's not taking up any extra space. Like it's just yeah, going to be on demand. Yeah, and it's not a pain in the ass because let's face it, DVDs are a pain in the ass. And you get a variety to choose from as well. Yeah. Well, this is the difference. The on-demand thing they're putting out is actually going to be pretty much every course. I think it is every course that they have with a monthly subscription. Very cool. So it's quite a clever system. It's going to help them. I reckon they're going to make more money out of that than DVDs because DVDs, they suck, don't they, really? Yeah. It's been really annoying for years. Everyone's been complaining to them saying, why are you still putting this out on DVD? When can we download it? And they're like, no, we're not doing that because of piracy. It's like, well, people rip off the DVD and put it on the anyway, internet illegally anyway. Yeah. You might as well start offering a service that actually is beneficial to nomads and to other travelers and yep. people who don't want to have a DVD player in their house. You know, like, come on. Exactly. It's just much more convenient and it means people might actually pay for it. Well, that's a good idea, right? Totally. So we mentioned earlier that they have workouts like P90X, Tony Horton. They have the Insanity Workouts, which you might have heard of. We personally, this summer, are doing T25 with Sean T. He's the same dude that does Insanity, and he's got like a couple of hip-hop abs. And he also just brought out one called Size, which is another sort of dance workout one. He's a dancer. But his T25, it makes you sweat. It makes you hate him so much. You might even shed a tear. You might <laughs> even it's cry. quite painful when you start out. It, oh my god, it's really intense, but it's only 25 minutes a day, and that's why you can actually power through it. He will cane you for 25 minutes straight, but you know, you can make it through 25 minutes. It's not like one of these yeah. workouts where you actually have to take an hour or an hour and a half out of your day to go and do a workout. 25 minutes, wham, bam, psh, done. This is great because obviously we're actually trying to get work done, not just workouts. 
So also you don't need a lot of space. So one of the main important things, you could do this in a hotel room. I mean, you might be pushing it trying to do it in a dorm room. A few people are going to be pissed off with you. But you could <laughs> definitely do it in a hotel room. And we've done this workout in like people's house sits and in Airbnbs and stuff. So, yeah. you know, you Anyone can do it. just a little bit of space. You can, because it doesn't take up a lot of room. You're not no. like jumping all over the place. It's just. Yeah, if you've got a private room, so you don't have to have people watching you sweat then it's good. Yeah. does the job. And of course, because we have long periods of not being able to work out, it's really important to have the intense workouts. So as you said, this is, this is really full on. We're not interested in spending eight months working out slowly and eventually losing two pounds. You know, we want to just smash it and get really healthy and fit within the space of three months. Yeah, we've been doing it for about, we're on to our sixth week now and I'm feeling really healthy. I'm, yeah. I'm feeling good. Like when I do the, the workouts, I'm managing them a lot better. I'm not a heaping pile of shit at the end. Yeah, it's actually very noticeable now that we're fit. Yes. And this happened last year when we did this before Christmas as well. We did it for about 10 weeks uh, in France and in, then in England after that. And like as soon as I was moving on the road again, picking up backpacks like between house sits, like, oh, this we're is like, so oh, light now. I can lift this straight up. Like shit, I've actually got healthier. And that's the really thing weird. to point out is the reason why these workouts are also good is that a lot of them do not require weights. Yeah. So that's a real bonus. Perfect for travel because you're not going to be carrying a bunch of dumbbells around with you, right? Yeah. But there are a couple here and there, like if you want to do upper body stuff. So the way that we sort that out is by just buying water bottles and filling them up. So like 1.25 or 2.5 liter bottles. And if you get ones that sort of have like, they're sort of thinner in the middle, so you actually can grip it, because it's hard to grip the big fat ones with sweaty hands. So if it's got a little bit of a, like if it's a curvy, like a lady. Yeah, it's got that middle bit. You can actually grip onto it properly. And yeah. that's fine. I mean, you're not gonna get mega muscles off it, but it's better than having no weight at all. And it means you can actually do all of the exercises properly as intended. Yeah. And but you can also travel with resistance bands because they don't take up much space and they're quite light. Yeah, seriously. You just get one resistance band. You don't need to get lows. Just get like a mid strength resistance band. And then yeah. you can pretty much use it for any exercise. So with exercises where you need real resistance, you just you spin the loop a bit further around so that it makes it tighter. If you've ever used a resistance band, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, you're probably going to have to watch a video because it's quite hard to describe exactly what you do. But, but they're really easy to use. And they show you, you see them using them on the video. There's always a guy at the back like doing the resistance band option so you can see what he's doing with them to modify the actual exercises so you can keep up with it. Yeah. So yeah, that's a pretty good option as well. They, yeah. don't, they don't weigh anything, do they? So I said the the backpack. Yeah, exactly. I said before that we're like six weeks in, but once you hear this, we're going to be nine weeks in and we're going to be so fit by then. Gonna be ripped. So fit. Oh, my and core is planning. tightening already. I mean, my, my stomach's actually Oh, it's so much now. core work. It's insane. Just a little bit of fat so, around the muscles, but <laughs> the actual muscles underneath that fat are actually firm. It's so we're been planning on doing about a 12-week workout routine and so far it's going really well yeah it is very doable now and i don't enjoy having to work out but it's fine so yeah if you want to stay fit on the road this is the one that we recommend they do have some others that aren't really very focused on weights if you're very hardcore oh, yeah. well, like insanity said, they've, got the, they've got dance ones there's also ones that are run by women trainers as well so if you're you know if you prefer a female trainer then which you i have, don't no, Tom doesn't so much. Well, they don't. I don't like any of the female trainers that they have. They're all a bit annoying. Yeah, they're a bit like intense. I think like one of the other reasons we use T25 is because Sean T is someone that we both like. 
He's really likable. Yeah. He's such a bastard and his likableness. Because it's like, fuck you, Sean D, this hurts. But oh, I'll keep going because I like you. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only reason I he's put up this good. shit. He's very good. He's, I know. <laughs> God damn him. He's very motivational. He's very cool. And he works, you know, really well for both guys and girls. So as a couple, we really enjoy him as a trainer. But you personally might like someone completely different yeah. in the Beachbody gauntlet of uh, trainers that they have. Yeah, they've got loads. Anyway, jump on and check out T25 if you want. You know, they've got like videos on there. You can see what it looks like. Use our link, please, if you could. Travelfreedompodcast.com slash T25, T25. So that's an affiliate link. As you know, we use affiliate links. That's how we fund the show. So if you are interested in working out on the road and you want to see a bit more of this program, do use our link. Don't just look it up on Google because otherwise we get zero products cost the same whether you use our link or not just means that we get a little bit of share for recommending stuff that we actually use yeah that code is for american yeah that's like u.s international yeah so if you are based in the uk it is slightly different so it's travelfreedompodcast.com slash t25 uk t25 uk so everyone else just t25 but if you're special and in the uk t25 uk and if you just want to check out all of the other products and you're not that interested in t25 you can look up travelfreedompodcast.com slash beachbody that'll take you to their range of products or if you're in the uk use beachbody uk instead of beachbody that's it i've made it nice and simple for you so that you remember them when, <laughs> when you've listened to the rest of the podcast and forgotten everything remember yeah. the links they do have some great great products so jump on there and check them out Hola, señores, señoritas. Es hora de esquina historia. Es hora de story corner. So we're having a Mexican introduce Spanish story corner. That's approximately what happened. <laughs> Whoops. <gasps> Disaster. Well, yes. <laughs> but it is story corner time if you didn't get that from the ridiculous Spanish-Mexican ramble tequila thing that just happened. My goodness. Oh, God. When will I get it right? <laughs> Never. 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 Well, as always, our story corners come down to food, booze, and culture All normally. the best things in life. That's pretty much what we've got going on today. So uh, this story is of one of our amazing days out in Seville. We've got lots of content coming out. Oh, I'm actually salivating God. right now at the thought of going back to Seville and eating capas again. such an amazing place, and we were so disappointed to have such a short amount of time there. Like, honestly, we were like, Barcelona is amazing. And now we're like, oh, hello, Seville. Feels like better hello, than Seville. Barcelona now. Yeah, it's a tough call. I know people will think that's a bit of a controversial choice, but Seville, I reckon, better. A bit more, mm, it's less touristy. It, that's the problem. Barcelona is still fantastic. It's just overrun with, you know, bucks nights and tourists and pickpockets pickpockets yeah stuff. sadly i know I we still are like tourists Barcelona. ourselves so we can't yeah. bitch about being there when there's other people there but you know what i mean so anyway in today's stories stories multiple story corners we've got a great interview coming up with a local from seville called manu oh he was fantastic yeah, really interesting guy we actually met him on couch surfing he took us out and he told us all about like the real flamenco and the gypsy culture in Seville, like where they actually do flamenco yeah. rather than just where they put on shows for the tourists in the middle of the city with like trained people. So actual locals do flamenco just because they have a few drinks and they go, let's do some flamenco. Yeah. So he's telling us about where to see spontaneous flamenco and just, you know, real people getting into it and, you know, just their lives because it's not 
The gypsies, it's not always easy. The no. world gypsies in different places. So we're going to talk a little bit more on that later. Yeah, exactly. Firstly, let's talk about food. Yes, we just talked about fitness. So let's just get back into getting straight back, back into food. Yeah, we stuffed ourselves with tapas when we were in Seville. Like, literally, this is what we did for almost every meal. We just went out to find a different place with tapas and tried all the different dishes. Uh, chickpeas with spinach. Oh, that's was, a classic that's from a that classic, area. Yeah. And it's really, really amazing. Uh, they're like two of my favorite. I love spinach so much. They had the adobo, which, uh, like, we'd had adobo in the Philippines, which is like a stew with vinegar flavors. And the adobo there, it's like a vinegary fish deep fried in batter. I quite like that. Obviously, you may hate that. I'm not, that. I'm She's no, not I don't really do into fish. that sort of I don't thing. Because it was very fishy. Various anchovies were fresh and tasty. I also did uh, not enjoy that part. There was loads of stuff. So, on this particular day, though, we were actually hunting down a craft beer bar that was in Mercado Tirana uh, on the other side of the river. It's like the south side of the river from the main center. It was sort of a slightly newer district, so we're like, well, this is going to be a bit different. It's not just where the, the tourists will hang out. Yeah. So let's go and check it out. We were totally trying to find this craft beer place, which we did find, but then we were like, wait, there's this little sort of, because it's all like little stalls, like it's in a marketplace. So every market had its own little stall, the craft beer had its own little stall, and then across from that was this food place that was just rammed with people. Like, you could hardly get a table. There was so many people there. Yeah, big selection of seafood. And I was like, okay, we'll come back for craft beer later. That can wait. We gotta try some food at this little restaurant because this is all locals. There's no tourists hanging around. Yeah, Let's and see so what we've got. it's so local, like they couldn't give us an English menu. We had to use Google Translate to try uh -huh. and figure out what things were. I think that's one of the first times we've used Google Live it Translate. Was, yeah. We when actually, you actually use the camera function and you actually, you sort of put it over the word like with the Google Translate and it like translates it for you. It's really yeah, cool. And it, you don't even have to take a photo with certain languages where it's like fully set up. It is live French, translation. Spanish. Things mainly oh, yeah. French, Spanish, and yeah, maybe a couple of others. So like real major languages like that, you actually just hover it over words and they instantly change in front of you. It's really amazing to and see you it happen. You don't have to be online. You don't have to have internet for that function. Like for some of the, the less known languages, you do have to be online for that to work. But yeah, Spanish, yeah. it just worked and offline. It's so great. we just pretty much chose our entire menu through what we could figure out through Google Translate and what we saw other people eating. Yeah, and it turns out that pulpo frito is a fried octopus and it costs about seven euros for a full-size plate. Uh, we thought we were getting tapas plate, but fortunately we got a larger size because actually it turned Oopsie. out to be the, the best octopus I've ever had, like pan-fried octopus that the tentacles had actually gone fully crispy. Really, really nice. Yeah, and they served it with like a ratatouille sort of thing. Yeah, like a ratatouille sauce, like tomato-based sort of sauce. I'm not kidding, this was probably the best octopus I've ever had. And we do say this a lot. We do say a lot that, oh, this was the best, but oh no, this was the best. Oh no, we went to this place and that was the best food. But I think... Well, we do, but this was the best octopus. Yeah. And the thing is, if we go somewhere shit, we don't normally publish it. We, go, we, <laughs> we normally just go... We talking about shit restaurants. Yeah, that place was crap. Let's not talk about that. This place, though, was great. Almost every dish we had was really awesome. And there was one dish that was slightly less awesome, but still great. So I was very happy. And mm -hmm. um, we'll try and put the name in the show notes. It's opposite the craft beer bar, which is actually on Google Maps. So you'll find it easily. It's yeah, the one it's directly opposite. But I'll admit, I even liked the octopus and I'm not a big seafood fan. It was very well done. Quite a surprise. Meg liked the octopus. I know, She right? admits it. Who would have thought? But we do have a clip. 
Yep, we got a live We clip. liked it so much we recorded something. Hell yeah. So we walked into the Mercado de Terrani in the center, well, it's just over the river on the east side of the river in Seville. And it's Sunday, so everything was sort of closed and we we're like, probably shouldn't be coming in here, but we were searching for this craft beer place we'd heard of. But uh, when we got near to the craft beer bar, there's this restaurant uh, called Loli, which is like unit number 24 and 25 if you want to come to Seville and find it for yourself. And the place is just packed with locals. It's right at the back of the market. If you'd walked in and gone, oh, it's quiet, there's no one here, let's not bother walking through the market anyway, you would never have found it. You'd never have known it was here. But shit me, the food is awesome. And they have been non-stop since we got here a couple of hours ago. Like, it's just service, 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 service. So everything that's going through is just incredibly fresh, made toward, like, just slamming it out. Yeah, and because it's uh, they're serving a lot of tapas dishes as well as sort of some paella style things. So you can get a main course meal, which will cost you a bit. But if you want to get your $5 foods, pretty much every tapas dish on the menu, if you order the tapa size rather than a full size, is under $5. So we had the pulpo frito, which is a fried octopus in this sort of tomato and zucchini sauce. Amazing. Oh, like oh, I have never, ever eaten octopus It's also octopus like char-grilled. It's like char-grilled. Fully char-grilled and then mixed into this sauce with all the olive oil and you bite into the octopus and it's so fresh and all the flavor of the oil but the good expensive oil comes out of it as you chew into it it's not rubbery it's just got amazing texture i'm not even a big seafood fan and i love the octopus i didn't think i would be able to make megzi eat the octopus but she ate it and kept coming back for more and i was like shit me this is my food this is my food i ordered this because you like wanted some mushrooms or something which were also really good mushrooms filled with with this sort of garlic cream and, and the hamon, hamon, like little pieces of hamon. Taquitos of hamon. Taquitos just means small pieces, like small cube pieces. Yeah, small cubes. Mm. So yeah, come on down here to the Mercado de Tarana and come to Loli, unit number 25 and 24. It's all numbered, all the units inside the market. And you might have to queue for a table because it's just been rammed. Yum! Mercado Tirana is a great choice for little Spanish restaurants. A lot of the stalls were closed because it was Sunday, so like all the fruit and veg stands were actually closed. It'd be better to go there on a different day of the week, I reckon, if you, you get a bit yeah, more vibrant. So it was, it was a bit quiet. The only places that were busy were like the four or five restaurants that were open, and they were really busy. Like every single one of them had a lot of customers. And this one particularly, right at the back of the market, the furthest one away from the front door, was the busiest one. But I think actually all of those restaurants are very highly rated in yeah. that market area. Apparently well, they're all very good. I think in Seville it's quite hard to get bad food. Because really we ate well almost every single meal. That is very true. A yeah. lot of tapas. Okay, so anyway, it was a hot day, even though it was March. It was early March when we were in it Seville really and it was hot. really, really hot. So we figured, what are we gonna do after a massive meal and some beers? Well, let's go to the cathedral. That'll be good. That's what you do after a few <laughs> That's beers. That's what you do. It's no, at least we knew it would be cool in there. Yeah, we knew it would be cool in there. A good place to escape the afternoon heat. And this place is epic. The Seville Cathedral is actually the largest Gothic cathedral in the world and third largest of any church in the world. We actually didn't know this at the time. Didn't know it at the time. Did now some it research. Sense. It does like, make sense. Because it is freaking huge. Really big. It's where Christopher Columbus was buried. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, they had his tomb in there. You have to sort of queue around a bunch of people to see the tomb. It's the most popular thing inside. But really cool, really cool place. Lots of interesting stuff. 
to look at. It was completed in 1528, so it also benefits from being really old. So in general, pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, nine euros to get in, which is not like super cheap, but I mean, for Spain, that's sort of average for a major attraction, not too bad. And you probably managed like two hours. I think we were there for about two hours. Not just because it was cool, but also because it was really it was big, and there's a very thorough audio guide as well. But that's extra. Yeah, no, yeah, was it included? I can't remember now. The audio guide might have been an extra two it's euros. It's either extra or it's included. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> obviously, still, I recommend the audio guide. If it was a couple of euros extra, I'd probably have definitely. That again. It points out a lot of things that you just wouldn't know about, like which is actually Christopher Columbus's tomb, because there's a lot of tombs and shit in there. Look for the one with more people standing around it. Yeah, fair enough. That'll be the one. It's pretty bit, you, it's hard to miss, but you might be like, oh, what's, is this one? Oh, is it this one? Oh, wait, no, it's the big massive thing in the middle of the cathedral to the right. Anyway, we've got a clip, so let's see what that's all about. Inside the cathedral of Seville, or Sevilla, depending on how good you are at pronouncing Spanish words, which I am medium. Medio. This is the third largest cathedral in the world. The first being the Vatican, second being St. Paul's. In London. In London, and this is the third. And it is quite stunning. The stained glass windows are just the most beautiful colors and the sun is just radiating through them this afternoon because it's a gorgeous day outside. And then inside, of course, you've got all of your religious sculptures and paintings and artworks and this we're standing in front of the organ right now and the pipes on it are massive and around it is just all this intricately yeah my carved. pipes are pretty massive oh my god i have god. to agree they look like they're dudes, having a good time dudes dudes, doing their dudes and stuff but apparently stuff. christopher columbus is buried here somewhere perhaps. we're gonna find his apparent body find his stuff his bones oh bony chris he's not up to much these days he used to be a bit of a fine sailor, but... Been a bit slack lately. Yeah, he's really not doing the business. So yes, that was a cathedral. Very interesting cathedral. Yeah. And, but there was one more cultural site in Seville that I really, really couldn't miss. I'd seen a lot of photos of it. It looked too photogenic to skip this one. So after the cathedral, we headed over to the Plaza de España. Uh, just before sunset and it's a beautiful time to be there it's really good because all the colors glow on the building the building's sort of orangey colored anyway and then you add that sort of sunset light and yeah beautiful like a art deco design but it's also mixed with this like moorish architecture style and they've got like tiling around all these little bridges that go over this yeah. moat that runs in a like a, a crescent moon shape around the front of this building. The you can, hire, you like can buy a boats and actually row around yeah. this thing. It's <laughs> if, you, if you want to do, uh, if you want to hang out with all the little kids, their parents taking them around the smoke. It was cute. Yeah, that's all right. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of you guys probably know that southern part of Spain was actually Islamic for hundreds of years. So although this Plaza de España was completed in 1928, it was sort of, you know, it's after the Islamic occupation that they brought in this neo-Islamic design. So it's a real fusion between Spanish architecture, Art Deco, and this Islamic style. So it's really interesting. A lot of people were out, not in the way where everyone was just standing there taking photos. It was more like everyone's taking selfies. It was like Spanish people coming <laughs> yeah. down for the evening to like sit around, enjoy the ambiance. It's a real and take... family sort of yeah. area. It wasn't, it wasn't like, like group tours. No, or it wasn't like people with flags walking around everywhere. It was just local people coming no. down and hanging so out. We actually sat around there for like half an hour, just yeah. had a sit down and enjoyed the ambience, took lots of photos. It was really cool. 
and we talk some crap into a microphone at times as well. So let's see what we said. Well, we're at the Plaza de España in the center of Seville from the 1929 exhibition that was here. And it's free. You can come and wander around. You can go inside a bit by the looks of it free as well. It's like a public building. Yeah, there's all these beautiful... It's like a moat that surrounds the square. And then there's these bridges. It's a square. It's sort of a crescent. It's like a half moon yeah. shape, really. Yeah, it's not a square. It's not a square, it's circular. Yeah. There's these beautiful bridges that go across that all have this um, des- beautiful blue and white design. In the center, you've got a, a big fountain doing fountain stuff, or uh, you can actually hire a boat and row yourself around the moat. Yeah, it's a little fun for a fiver. It's five euros, about six dollars to hire a boat. You can have up to four people in the boat, so that's actually really affordable. It's a little bit touristy. There was a big line, so we're not going to do it. But if there wasn't a big line, we'd totally do it. Yeah, if there wasn't a line, we'd probably have done it. But instead, we can just walk around. I don't have to do all the exercise rowing. But yeah, it's a really nice spot to come and hang out and take some amazing photos of Spanish architecture. Yeah, it's really beautiful. Well, I'll be damned if I remember saying any of the stuff there that was just on that clip, but I'm sure I did. It sounds like me. But yeah, there'll be some photos on the show notes. And it'll look really cool, all the bridges and things like that. Really nice. So yeah, we've done food and we've done history. What else do we have? So it was almost sunset, Mm -hmm. which means it was a hot day. Yeah. Must be time for another cold drink. Oh. But what drink would you have in Spain that's cold and refreshing and yet will suit our alcoholic tendencies? No idea. Hmm. Sangria? Uh, yes. But actually... This was amazing. We headed straight down to the riverfront where you have a choice of different bars to choose from. Everything from like pumping beats from this open air restaurant. Oh yeah, that place we walked past was absolutely packed at like seven o'clock. Just like heavy hardcore music going on, everyone standing outside paying way too much for their drinks. We yeah. walked a little bit past that to somewhere where we could sit down and enjoy the sunset. Because we're all We're all people now. Yeah. And I didn't like house music when I was 18. There's no reason I'd like it now. <laughs> like seriously, yeah. come on. So we found a place with a good view, had a spare seat, and we ordered a sangria that had a surprise ingredient. Oh yeah, let's find out what that is. Good way to round off any day of sightseeing visiting a town is of course to go and sit by the river and have a local drink. And here in Seville, a glass of sangria. cinnamon and sangria it was so nice it actually works and since then when we've made our own sangria we have actually put cinnamon in it because of course we travel with cinnamon i'm not kidding (laughs) (laughs) i do have a spice selection that we travel with all the time in europe i think when we go back to asia i'll probably stop worrying about it so much but in europe because those spices you don't get spicy food as much when you go out when i cook i want to have spicy food yeah yeah which is really cool. So anyway, by this time, we'd had a couple of sangrias down by the river and we felt, well, we're gonna need some more food and drink, right? I mean, come on. 
Okay. We haven't eaten since lunchtime. <laughs> Jesus. You know, food and drink, that's our thing. But really, it was isn't it? good because at this time we were meeting up with a guy who we met on couch surfing whose name was Manu. He wasn't able to host us, sadly, because it would have been really cool to stay with him. He was yeah. a really interesting guy. But he came out and had a bucket of beer with us and had a chat. Oh, we should mention that there is a chain in Seville. We cannot remember the name of it. Can't find it on it's Google. It's really modern looking, really funky, but it has like four euros for a bucket of five beers like all day long yeah and you get a little tapas snack with every order so you can you know, yeah just a little nibble nothing it's a massive. chain place you can't miss it yeah there's loads of them around seville but anyway this one was directly opposite the exit for the uh, puerta de jerez metro which is right in the center of the town so it'd be pretty easy to find this one uh, just go there look for the big sign with a picture of a bucket of beer and go drink beers. Indeed. And that's what we did. We met up with Manu for a cheap drink there, had a few beers. We actually went on a bit further and had some tapas after that as well. But I think we've talked enough about tapas today. So let's get into the interviews. You said earlier, really interesting stuff about flamenco and gypsy history and culture, culture in the area. Yeah, it was really, really cool. fascinating to learn this stuff from a local whilst we were there. Where I really felt the flamenco, I was working at school and getting a get Sevilla, the name is Tres Mil Viviendas. It's a gypsy ghetto here. It's a dangerous, dangerous school there. And the 90% of the population is gypsy. But gypsy with the drug, I don't know, a lot of bad things, a lot of honest people. Like the police don't go there. There's like a casino, I don't know, with the dogs, play with, you know, I don't know. Under, really? underground, underground, underground place, yes. Yeah. There are places that you can go for someone when I was working was okay. But in my school for some of the children didn't read. Me. It was really awesome. They don't, didn't know how to read a paper, except a few of them. I always had to leave like 10 minutes for singing and dance and everything. And the rhythm that they had, like one children of four years, you take the children and say, okay, Manolito, sing something. I say, no, 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 Manolito, come sing something. I say, because they live in the street and yeah. they burn the buckets, bucket, a big fire bucket inside. Yeah, and they put fire and they're all the night singing and playing the guitar. And yeah. That's the real flamenco, I think. So it's a real gypsy tradition, but that's just kind of been bastardized a bit. The tourists. Yes and no. That's the controversial philosophy because we don't. The flamenco burned in the. I don't know how it's in English when you are in the in a place that you are for take gold, for example. Yeah. Is that? To, to fish, is it? No fish, no. You are in a mountain yeah. with the stones and you are picking the stones. Mining? Mining. Mining. The flamenco was burned that. There was the traditional the traditional uh, songs of Spain went to South America well, for the colonization and everything. And the people that they were uh, coming back, returning to Spain, they make the mix it of, because flamenco, the, the, the trees just, just no bulería. They stand... 
but there are a lot of kind of flamenco and they have a lot of influence from South America but they, the gypsy people that arrive from India they come from the south of uh, for the north of Africa and they arrive also to Spain so there was the mix of the traditional music of uh, Spain mixing to the South America of the gypsy people come to India crossing Africa and the mix of everything is the flamenco and it's for that who, what is flamenco for this a super stranger is the mix. The, the, the harmonic is Arab. They read Afro-American, Afro-South American. So it's, it's really difficult. A it's a mix of everything, of and it's not super old. It's like 200 years. It's not more, more, more old than 200 years. Yeah, of so it's new, really. It's quite new. And the new flamenco is because here the popular, at least commercial music in Andalusia, the flamenco has a lot of. We say flamenquito, no? It's like a so soft, uh, really soft flamenco fake, commercial. Yeah, yeah I hate. Right, it. Yeah. But uh, we have flamenco pop. Is it flamenco? Yeah, it's flamenco yeah. pop. It's flamenco yeah. pop. And it's, it's difficult to find. And, and gypsy, I think that they they take a lot of. Uh, they keep this uh, tradition of staying the street. When they the people from South America coming back, come back. A lot of people was working were working in the mines. Yeah, mining. Yeah. Um, of the ring of the. Yeah. And after that, of this ring, they went to the drink after the war, and there it was when they started the, the flamenco. So they live in the street, they live... It's in the street, the flamenco is in the street. So it's difficult yeah. to find one place where there are the flamenco. The original <laughs> thing is really organic, yeah, it's, it's a natural and spontaneous thing, it happens spontaneous. It's like having a flash mob these days. But people just go, yes, <laughs> we're going to all dance. We're going to all dance right now. And it just happens. They feel the rhythm of the... Of the time, they, they, yeah. they get on with it and do it. It's really curious the story of flamenco. Um, and for example, in the 18s, they start to. I, I can't say you, if you are interested to few groups that in the 70s, you know, it's the time of the purple, the experiment of music with uh, psychedelic. There are all groups. The problem is that here we have the, the dictator and it was difficult to new things and everything because they are, all the intellectuals they, are, they went in France or South America, they running out of the dictator. They are a few groups in the 70s that they try to mix it, the psychedelic uh, rock with flamenco. Oh really? And it's really, it's really curious to... Yeah, interesting. And you see one group that they were the, from Sevilla, they, they call it the Smash, that they... It's the Beatles, but with flamenco. It was super strange. Wow. wow. Yeah. All the group of here, the name is called Triana, is the like a main group of uh, flamenco flamenco rock of the 70s and it's like deep purple flamenco. Like... That sounds awesome. Yeah, I it's love really good. That. that sounds very cool. And you see the white and black and white television with the guy with the long hair like that, and see like, ah, and the, the drama. <laughs> <laughs> Is there bands playing that style now? Not too much. No, not too much. It's a pity, but no. Yeah, that's a shame. Yeah, it's seventeen. It's like a. Is that yeah. progressive sort of experimental yeah, now the era? Yeah, make a lot of. Uh, they grow up a lot. Evolution. Do you think a lot of like younger people haven't really sort of taken on the flamenco? Do you think it is it still something that's encouraging younger people to, yeah, to that take on? Yeah, it's still it's a still. Oh, it is. Okay, yeah, good. The, the real flamenco, I think, is still here. So it's not something that's going to die out. No, no, no. Um, day by day, the flamenco is more recognized in the world. It's really touristic, so they give a lot of they leave money. So yeah. my cousin, she's a flamenco dancer. She's a teacher of flamenco ah, children. She has an academy, but in Huelva, not here. My grandma, she was gypsy. Yeah. 
which is for my, the part of my mother, of my grandma. Me, I have a mixed stranger. And she has, she's a gypsy. So she has the same way of the life, not the way of life. For me, when I say gypsy, it's not despective. It's like different. I don't say like they are worse or better. I say that they're just different. They are very passionate people. Really passionate, but not, not just gypsy. I, I think that it's, it's a mistake. It's more Andalusian. Okay. I think that it's the south of Spain. A stereotype of yeah, Spanish. Yeah, no, but a stereotype is a stereotype for a reason. Right? Yeah, no, of course. And I yeah. know a lot of people that are stereotype completely cliche of that. Not me. I'm sorry, but not me. <laughs> no. We'll forgive you. Yeah. yeah, I have a mix because my my grandma for the mother's side was gypsy. She didn't know to read. To that's okay. I'm exactly the same. Like my family, like my mother and my father, all have like brown hair, brown eyes, olive skin, and I came out with red hair, blue eyes, and white like pale skin. I like to have different cultures and to recognize this kind of different cultures, but to live together. Yeah. And respect the other cultures. Well, I think you can learn a lot of things from yeah. other cultures. There's not not any one way of living is the right way. So you take things from other people and you take things from other people and you That's put it all together to make a... Now in Spain it's well. really polemic for that because uh, we are... I'm really proud about to be Spanish because we are a lot of cultures in Spain. Completely different traditions, completely different things, but the people just know the Andalusian culture, the flamenco, toros, tapas, blah, blah. For me it's okay because I'm Andalusian, but from the north, people of the north say, hey, a Catalan for example, no, a Pasco, a Galician, that is completely different. Yeah. But uh, the politicians try to make a try to make a problem of that, and me, I, for me, it's the opposite. I'm proud of that. No? Yeah. So I I like this problem. Yeah. <laughs> I like this problem. Happy problem. Happy problem. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize it was such a complicated thing. The TV makes it sound like flamenco is just oh South of Spain. People dance a bit and they wear these dresses and that's it. I had no idea there was so much to it. Yeah. If you have the opportunity, come. If you really want to see the tra the stereotype of Sevilla or Spain, come in April or the fair of April here. Yeah. It's twenty. But I don't know if you can. We'll be in Girona, right? Yeah, we'll yeah. be north. No, it will be difficult. Yeah, you need to be three months outside, no? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I go to Morocco for a bit, and then it's not an exact, like, three months in, three months out, so... But we go, yeah, we have to spend time in Girona for a conference. So for the next year, I recommend you to come April. If you have to decide, stay one month in Spain or in Seville, stay the month of April because it's Semana Santa, it's Easter. Mm -hmm. Here is the capital of Easter in Spain, and this, I don't like, but it's really impressive. It's really curious to see. Yeah. Everybody, all the all the center is covered of uh, Catholic stuff, and they put the saint, the saint of the church. They take out and they walk around the city okay. with a lot of music. The people is good dressing, crying like all oh, the Virgin is so beautiful this year. It's the same that all the year, all the time. But uh, I don't like, I don't like. Uh, religion's religion, right? But uh, it's really, I really recommend you if you have the opportunity to watch two weeks after, so two weeks later, is the Sevilla Fair. April is the month of Sevilla. Okay, well that's good to know because I think Tom's really disappointed and I, I think both of us are really disappointed that we can't spend more time here. The fact that we've come to Seville for three days 
is is just not enough. Not enough. No, we've, not hit, we've hit Spain again and gone, what were we thinking? Why are we not staying longer? So I think we need to actually take some time. Like, Yeah, we'll try and plan to come here next year and stay for a long time. Yeah. And if like you're a blogger and you want to write about the curious things, April is the month where the more things happen relationate with the traditions of the city. April, absolutely. Okay. Yep, that sounds pretty good. April 2016, Seville. Yeah, means we're skipping things again. So many things, so many places. <laughs> we heard that it only just got good, like a couple of days ago, it was kind of shit. Yeah. Well, shit. Shit for Seville. <laughs> It's almost the end of the show. Guess that can mean only one thing. What could it possibly mean? It's got to be travel homework time. It's travel homework time. Yes. I think if you've listened to the show before, you probably guessed. Did probably. you guess? I think you guessed. Let's we'll find out. <laughs> we, always, we lure you in with that trick like, oh, what time could it possibly be? Everyone knows now. Everyone knows what time it is at the end of the show. <laughs> but yes, we do like our food. We do like our booze. And I'm sure some of you out there do as well. But it might be time to get a little bit fit. Yeah. You can't climb to the top of Machu Picchu if you're dying. And wheezing and, and wheezing. panting. Even though you do that anyway, even if you're fit. But like, there's just certain things you can't do in travel if you're not fit. Like, you're just going to miss out on certain things. And hell, you know, you want to enjoy yourself. You want to eat and you want to drink and you want to have fun and you want to maybe travel for an extended period of time like us. you got to try and keep fit at the same time. It's yeah. not like you're doing it for a week and then you're going home and getting fit and then going off on another crazy bender you know exactly. we've got it it's a lifestyle choice it's not just a holiday yeah. obviously you guys know that so you got to try and keep fit somehow that's what we're doing we use t25 you obviously don't have to use t25 we really do love it though like it's really a great workout and a really good option for travelers as well 25 minutes bam 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 and your workout's done if you do want to take a look at the course use our link travelfreedompodcast.com slash t25 or for our lovely uk listeners travelfreedompodcast.com slash t25 uk Yep, and once you've done your exercise routine, we want you to make sangria and put cinnamon in it. Yes! Sounds crazy, but it works. Do it! Thanks for listening to the Travel Freedom Podcast. Show notes and resources for this episode are waiting for you at travelfreedompodcast.com. Join us again every Monday to learn how to supercharge your online income and travel like a prince on a pauper's budget. We are waiting for your comments and feedback, so tweet us at MyTravelFreedom. Or email info at travelfreedompodcast.com. I'm Tomo. And I'm Megzi. Catch us again every Monday on the Travel Freedom Podcast. Bye for now. Bye. 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 Bye.